the economy is going to eventually reopen. And you look at people going through that process, chances are the landlords, you know, they're going to want to work out a deal with the tenants. It's kind of pointless to get into a big battle, a big expensive battle with the tenant when really what you need is to renegotiate. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black and FM Evolution. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be talking with Eric Townsend at Law Eagles. Now, I've known Eric for many years. He's a very successful litigator. And on this show, we, of course, talk about trends and innovations and advancement in our space. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the interruption that is COVID-19. And we're on phase two. Of course, we're on the the road to reopen here. And we've been talking about what it means to reopen, how that process looks, sanitizing, monitors, people in place to help this uh, process go. And But one of the things that I haven't covered yet and I want to talk about uh, is some of the legalities with this. Uh, now, Eric is, uh, of course, like I said, he's a very successful litigator, known for many years. And he was bringing up last week that a lot of, uh, most of the insurance policies are not paying out right now for businesses, especially, I mean, it's just for us to go through what we're going through right now and for insurance companies to not pay out. I was like, Eric, you got to come on the show and explain what's going on and help people understand what it's going to take to get those insurance files, uh, claims filed and to get them paid out. So that's what we did. We had Eric on the show. He's going to be going through that. He's got some critical advice to give to you guys before you open your doors. Very important. And so stay tuned. You're not going to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Welcome to FM Evolution. I am your host, Sean Black, and... Today, we are, I'm, I'm excited to have Eric Townsend on from Law Eagles. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Sean. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. We you know there's, we're going through this phase two right now. And there's so many things going on where store owners and, and businesses are trying to restart and trying to reopen. And, um, you know, after talking with you last week, I'm learning every day that there's, it gets more complicated than just opening your doors. And, you know, we're trying to help out uh, restaurants and, and stores and, and by providing them as much information as we can. And so after talking to you last week, I was like, I got to have Eric on and to kind of explain what he does and what he's going through. Uh, actually, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Law Eagles, that'd be a great way to get started. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Uh, yeah, Law Eagles, we're a law firm. We represent uh, a lot of different clients for insurance claims with their insurance carriers. It's usually when the insurance carriers, you know, is denying a claim or underpaying mm-hmm. a claim. Those are the most common scenarios. And that fits in exactly with what's going on right now with these uh, business claims that are being denied by insurance carriers. Nice. I um, just kind of get you know, get to know you a little bit better. I, I like to ask people what they're reading. It's a great way for us to kind of, you know, get our, our listeners new materials to read and expand their minds and, and learn what other people are really interested in. So uh, what are you reading right now? Yeah, I've been reading Atomic Habits, which oh, is cool. a, yeah. Have you ever read that book? I have not yet. It's a really good book. It goes it. in. Yeah, it's a good book. It's, it's awesome. It goes through basically the process of creating new habits to really uh, get those into your into your daily routine. Get these new habits into your daily routine. The process of going about doing it, changing your basically changing your uh, psychology when it comes to you know how you deal with certain aspects of life. You know as you're going through it and how to make those changes happen. So uh, basically, you can you know create new habits that are atomic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we already kind of have some atomic habits. <laughs> right. Some are not that great, actually. Uh, <laughs> I know for me that I have a few that are not, but I will tell you that you know, <laughs> setting a habit is an important thing, getting in a routine and creating, being really mindful of what you're doing. It's, it's a huge thing. So um, that's a great book. Good recommendation. Great cool. recommendation. Thanks, Sean. So as we are, Moving forward and helping businesses to reopen, one of the things that came up with this whole situation is um, is reopening, but they've had an interruption in their business. They, I mean, these 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 companies they've had some are surviving, some are are thriving, but most of them, almost all of them, have had losses. Um, and so what I wanted to kind of ask you is, uh, is to talk a little bit about a business interruption claim, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's something you brought up last week and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on with this? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, business interruption, this is really crucial right now to understand how this works. It's, you know, the best analogy to it is, you know, when you have car insurance, you can get a liability only policy where you only cover liability liability, but a lot of those policies also have comprehensive coverage Mm. where, you know, it covers you for your own loss, your own damage to your own stuff. Businesses have the same thing. It's called business interruption. That's like a comprehensive policy. You know, not only do you have a liability policy, if someone comes onto your premises and gets hurt, you know, you also have a policy where if your business stops because of a loss that occurs because you have physical damage to your property, then there is this business interruption coverage that covers the profits that you've lost during that time, during that time you're shut down. That's a pretty big deal for companies to be able to, to get that kind of money back into their business or at least some help from it. Um, should businesses file claims right away? Like, how does this work? Businesses absolutely should file claims. Okay. They need to talk to an attorney before they do it. I would highly recommend prior to filing a claim that you have someone look at your policy. There's a lot of different provisions in your policy and they're going to have a lot of different effects on the way that someone would file a claim. 
Uh, unfortunately, this is not a simple calculus. Their most policies are, you know, most commercial policies are over 70, 80 pages. There are some that I've looked at that are over 150, 200 pages. So, wow. Yeah, they get really big. <laughs> that's, you know what? Honestly, that's why we have, have uh, great lawyers like you to do it. I, don't, I know I for sure am not going to be fit to read through that stuff. And a lot of, even, even though business owners are very savvy about their business, yeah. you get into something like that, it's, that's daunting. Yes. And it's not, it's not only daunting, but it's, you know, anybody can read the policy and somewhat comprehend what it's saying, but a lot of it doesn't make sense in a vacuum. It only makes sense when you look at the insurance laws and insurance regulations. Once you understand those insurance laws and the regulations and you understand how those apply to a claim, then when you read the policy, it makes sense. Mm. That's the unfortunate part. There's case law that defines how certain things are looked at, how certain things happen, what kind of proof you need to have, what kind of, you know, what you need to do to prove you have a claim. So how's it going right now? Are are most businesses being successful with getting these claims filed? They're not. Every one of them has been denied. I think there's, I don't know of any that have been covered. And if they have been covered, it's probably because of some other cause rather than the, you know, the, rather than what was going on. Is it because it's a pandemic or what? Why are they being denied? They're being denied. uh, One, they're being denied if there's a virus exclusion in the policy. That's the, that's a big one, but that's that's actually in in there. (laughs) Yeah. They have virus exclusions. They do. Ever since. They have an exclusion and it started with H1N1. It started with a couple different viruses in the past and the insurance carriers, not all of them, but you know, out of the policies I've read, it's probably around 40% have this virus exclusion. Wow. And the virus exclusion is tough. There are some arguments around it, but again, it comes down to the facts of the case. What we're looking at with the facts of the case. Yeah. Um, So when we're looking at it, we have to look at that. We have to look at the policy not all policies are the same. Uh, even if they're using the standard ISO forms, there's a lot of variations because the, each individual insurance carrier will they'll change the the verbiage of the uh, insurance pol- of, the, of those forms. That's those crazy. ISO forms are like standard forms. That's gonna be buried in there too. I mean, it's not like something a business owner is gonna be looking for. <laughs> no. Am I covered for a pandemic? Mm, check. <laughs> you know, right. You gotta go find me. You got to go find an endorsement. There's an endorsement that covers it. So you got to go look at the endorsements. Endorsements, you know, they provide additional coverages or they provide additional exclusions. So you always have to go into those endorsements. Your policy may not say anything about viruses, but then you get into the endorsements and you find it wow. there. So, and then there's no also, idea. yeah, it's, it's confusing. It it's can really be very confusing. confusing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, okay. So just from a, a layman's standpoint, like if you think you're getting insurance, and you think, hey, you know what? I'm covered. I'm paying for my insurance. You know, I spent a lot of money on getting it set up. And then a pandemic comes in, either sweeps away all your business, you're shut down. You can't do anything about it. You're like, ah, yeah. oh, well, at least I have insurance. And then you, <laughs> and then you're <laughs> like, oh no, they're like, oh no, it's denied. Right? Yep. What are you supposed to do? You have to. You have to read the policy. You know, this is based on contract law. So you have a contract and the contract has terms that are, you know, that everybody has to adhere to. All the parties have to adhere to those terms. It's a, it's an adhesion contract. So a lot of times you're not negotiating these, these terms, you know, the policyholder is not negotiating these terms with the insurer, 
But those are the terms of the agreement. So you have to look at those first. Uh, when you go through those policies, though, you always got to, you know, as an attorney, I always keep in mind, you know, the coverage provisions, they're broad. Yeah. You know, coverage is, yeah, coverage for an insurance policy, you know, they're, they're, they're looked at very broadly when it comes to whether or not there's coverage for something. And then when you look at exclusions, they're looked at very narrowly. If the exclusion isn't, you know, exactly on point, isn't exactly worded the right way for it to be excluded, then it's not going to exclude that coverage from the policy. So those are the things you need to look at. That's some of the case law that's out there in, re, in relationship to those terms of the policy. And you really have to just keep an eye on, you know, these different things. Mm-hmm. This is especially important because, you know, most of the policies for the business interruption, they require that there be some kind of physical damage to the, to the property itself. And that can include, you know, there being a virus that gets in there and has to be disinfected before people can come into a store or before people can, you know, continue on with their business. And, you know, there's a very high likelihood, you know, the government shut down the economy. They shut down our economy because they believed that the virus was present in a lot of these locations. They shut down restaurants. They shut down office buildings. They shut down all these different locations because, one, they were worried about the spread from person to person, but they were also worried that there was, you know, the virus present in those locations. So this virus that people are worried about, you know, they can't just resume operations. They need to get it disinfected. They need to make sure that their space is clean. And there's ample evidence to show that, you know, there's an assumption of, and, you know, almost, almost a positive showing that there was virus at their location. And the only way to disprove that is for an insurance carrier to go in and, you know, test every single square inch of a building, which they can't do. Um, so that's, you know, when, when you're looking at coverages that don't have the virus exclusion, when we're talking about physical damage to the property, it's there. So that's interesting. Are, I mean, it sounds like policies are different from one to another to begin with, but it sounds like even the, the exclusions or the, the policies in regards to virus is, is written differently from one policy to another. It can be. Yeah. It very, it very well can be. That's yep. interesting. So, I mean, how should companies go about filing claims then? Like, what do we do? Number one, I think you want someone to review your policy. You're going to want an attorney to review your policy. Take a look at it. See what's in there. See what types of exclusions are in there. And determine what kind of, what basket you fit into when it comes to the litigation. You know, if you have a virus exclusion in your policy, you've got an uphill battle with your, with your case. There are some arguments out there that there's language that, you know, it's a, an act of the government, you know, a civil authority coverage that would apply and that supersedes the virus exclusion, things of that nature that can be looked at. And that's definitely something we can do when it comes to people who have the virus exclusion in their policies. But, you know, policyholders need to know that's an uphill battle. That's going to be a tough battle. And a lot of times, you know, that uphill battle, the other thing that comes into play here, obviously, if you don't have a virus exclusion and all you have is a regular policy that doesn't have that, you've got a much better, yeah, we have a much better chance of fighting your case than we do for someone who's got a virus exclusion. If someone does have a virus exclusion, there's still an argument to be made. We can still make an argument for it. And then once that argument's made, we can flush it out the best we can. Uh, A lot of times, though, those 
people, not a lot of times, but there's a possibility the government may step in and actually say, hey, insurance carriers, we want you to cover these losses. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, please cover these. I think that's an outside chance, though, and I don't think that that's as likely in this yeah, case. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, there's, you know, there, a lot of attorneys think that that's going to happen, and they're basing it off of what happened in the earthquakes up in Northridge. They're saying, hey, we had these earthquakes up in Northridge. There was a bunch of attorneys that had all these clients sign up with them. All of a sudden, the government comes out and says, hey, insurance carriers, you guys need to pay for this damage from this earthquake. And then all of a sudden, all these, you know, attorneys were sitting on these cases that became super valuable that were, you know, basically had valid, you know, earthquake exclusions in the policies, which made it really, made it, you know, made it really tough, made it really tough prior to the government saying that to get coverage. After they said it, you know, there was all these, these cases that all of a sudden were covered. And that's what attorneys are hoping is going to happen now. The main difference though with the, with the Northridge earthquakes was there was damage, severe damage to property. We had buildings that were just, you know, demolished, destroyed. And the money that was needed to put those properties back into place to make that economy run again was extreme. Here we don't have properties that have fallen, that have fallen to rubble on the ground. You know, we have, Buildings that are perfectly fine, yeah. they're just contaminated. They're just contaminated. No big deal. Right. <laughs> Contamination is a different story when it, it comes is. to the process of, of fixing it. Like you do construction, your company, you you guys are very well versed in construction. Yeah. So we're actually doing something the, uh, we're doing the, the decontamination as well now. So we're That's going awesome. in, like we're doing it for C stores and and a couple other uh, restaurants that are having us come in and clean and decontaminate, you know, we have all that CDC approved chemicals and can clean everything up guys with all the PPE and they're getting in there yep. cleaning up. And I think it's smart for companies to do that. Even I if, wouldn't go into a business. I would not even touch a business. I wouldn't go anywhere near it unless they told me, Hey, we cleaned our whole entire store yeah. and now we're following the protocols. Yeah. You know, it, it makes sense to me as I would do it as a business owner. It's not that expensive and it, it allows you to go, Hey, yeah, you know what? We had it disinfected. We're cleaned. We're ready to do business. Yeah. Come on in. Absolutely. Have a seat. Yeah. That and roadside, same thing with uh, businesses that are open to curbside. Yeah. You know, exactly. the stores that are selling products, you know, whatever it may be, but they can't open their doors. Those companies, I think the same thing. They're bringing a product from inside their store. They're bringing it out to a, the customer. I'd want to know as that customer, is your store uh, sanitized? Is disinfected? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Precisely. It's really interesting. Yeah, you, um, weird I, ask you, I mean, we talked a little bit about the government jumping in, but is there, pre- I mean, is there any other precedent with viruses of the government doing that and, and coming and saying, Hey, you guys need to really enforce these claims. Does it doesn't really sound like, sounds like this is kind of a whole new world we're living in right now. There were some, you know, there were some, uh, past precedents when it comes to like Ebola, you know, mad cow disease. Um, God, there was a few other ones. You know, like Katrina, you can kind yeah. of analogize. Yep. There's a couple other ones that we have some information that we may be able to look at to give us some guidance on how to do it. But really what it's going to come down to on this one is going to be, you know, going with your strongest argument, number one, and people that have, that don't have the virus exclusion in their policies, they have the strongest argument to get coverage. That's the absolute strongest argument. That's the one where if the insurance carrier is denied coverage, you know, 
I think that there's a possibility, a very good possibility they can get coverage over time. It's not going to happen overnight. None of these are going to happen overnight. Once insurance carriers deny a claim, typically they don't change their position right away. It usually takes litigation. The one good thing about this case is uh, Tony Laura, the the commissioner, the the Department of Insurance commissioner, uh, one of the good things he's done in his time there is he put out a he put out a uh, notice to all the insurance carriers and he said, look, you guys have to do proper investigations of these claims. You can't just deny these claims out of hand. You can't, you know, just do that. You need to actually investigate and figure out what's going on. And I've noticed that a lot more of the insurance carriers are now reopening their investigations because he put that out. And I think that that's really good. How do you think that do you think it's more in the benefit of the, the the companies that have the insurance, I mean, making the claims. Because, I mean, they're going to have to do their due diligence and say, this is why we're denying you now, right? I, unfortunately, in the world of insurance, if you don't have counsel in a lot of these cases, the insurance carriers are not going to do much. Really? Um, yeah. The Department of Insurance, you can file a claim with the Department of Insurance, but the Department of Insurance doesn't mediate claims between the insurance carriers and the policy orders. Mm-hmm. They simply go in and look at what's been done. They can, they can get penalties. They can, you know, do penalties to the insurance carriers, monetary penalties to the carriers for doing things the wrong way, not following the fair claim settlement practices act, you know, not following the insurance regulations and the rules. That's all they can do. They can't force anybody to actually come to an agreement on terms. They don't mediate between them. In most cases, there is a mediation program for uh, insurance through the Department of Insurance, but it's rarely used and, you know, hardly ever happens because the insurer has to agree to it. And it's just, it's pretty rare. It just seems like a, a lot for a guy who's running a restaurant and trying and is now cooking as well and cleaning because, you know, the staff is gone. Right. So, you know, I'm just thinking of a couple of my buddies, they're just, they're doing everything right now themselves and to be able to do yeah. this too on top of that and really kind of figure it out and navigate it sounds, it sounds difficult for sure. Um, even just filing the claim to begin with. It is. And even, even after you get the claim into the carrier, <clears throat> let's say the carrier agrees and they say, Hey, you're covered. We're going to cover you for this loss. Mm. Then all of a sudden you get all your information. The insurance carrier starts asking for all your stuff. You start sending all your stuff into the insurance carrier, your profits and loss, you know, your profit and loss, you know, your cost for running your business. And then all of a sudden the insurance carrier is picking through all of it and they come back with, you know, this amount that you're owed for your, your, no, your lost, uh, your lost profits yeah. from this business. Here you and you, here's your number. Here's your number. And then all of a sudden the, the business looks at it and goes, wow, we've been paying ourselves $30,000 a month for the last, you know, uh, the last five years. You're telling us that our profits are only 10? Like, how could we pay ourselves 30 for the last five years if our profits were only 10? 10. Yeah. How are you coming up with this number? number, yeah. Yeah. And it's confusing. So again, it's another thing where you need a forensic accountant to go in and look at the actual numbers. Luckily, there is insurance coverage for that as well. So if we get coverage <laughs> for the underlying damage, <laughs> trust me, there's so many insurance provisions, it'll blow your mind. But there's a claim, uh, claims data expense. And so that claims data expense, if it's in your policy, you have a right to go out, get your own people to evaluate a loss rather than having the insurance carrier do it. So you can go out, you can have your loss evaluated. That expense for the evaluation 
is covered under the policy, and then you can use that to fight with the insurance carrier. For what right, see, that's what interesting. Yeah. It's, I, bet, I bet not a lot of people know that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Very few Pretty people. sure not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure none of them. It's just something that unless you do this stuff every day, I filed thousands of these uh, thousands of these claims. I've had hundreds of cases, bad faith insurance cases. Wow. Uh, probably over 300, 400 cases that I filed in my career. So, you know, I'm very familiar with these, uh, with these policy provisions. I've represented a number of businesses with these, and these are exactly the things that I run into. Typically, though, it's based on a fire or it's based on water damage yeah. or a car running through a building, you know, yeah, what, what have plagues. you. <laughs> yeah, not too many plagues, exactly. So it's uh, a little different. Well, we've known each other for a couple of years now, you know, and I, oh, yeah. I've been following your career. and You've been doing so many things. Uh, how did you get started with Law Eagles, man? I know you're the owner. Yeah, cool. I got started with Law Eagles. I really wanted to create a law firm that had a really good presence, something that was really easy for people to remember the name, create the goodwill, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and then what I wanted to do with it was basically, uh, you know, become a company where we had attorneys for different areas of the law that are the best attorneys where people can come to us and we can get them instantly with the right attorney, the best attorney for whatever it is they're doing. Uh, so me personally, I handle uh, personal injury. So I do any kind of personal injuries, dog bites, you know, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, trucking accidents, you know, wrongful deaths, yeah. catastrophic injuries, those types of things. I cover all those. So, you know, whenever there's somebody out there who wasn't being safe and caused harm to somebody else because they weren't safe, I represent those victims of those, of those accidents. When it comes to the insurance claims, I represent those for parties against their insurance carriers. We've just gone through a long, long explanation of that. Those are my two main focus areas. Uh, so that's what I do. A lot of you know fires and floods. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like what we're talking about here. And then in addition to that, we also have uh, bankruptcy. We also have foreclosure. Those are big things that are coming up. You know, people going through that process are going to need those. Things. I tell you what, I hope it's not as bad as it was in 2008, but I, I, I think yeah. it's coming. Definitely. Absolutely. I, I do. With the unemployment at the rate it is right now, yeah. and the road to recovery being, I think, as slow as it's going to be, we're yeah. going to have some tough times ahead of us, unfortunately, I think. Definitely. I don't and think a lot it's going to turn around immediately. It's not no, gonna. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. And a lot of businesses don't realize this, but they can actually file for a chapter seven. So a lot of businesses can actually go through that process, file for a chapter seven. They can get the, you know, the collectors off their back. They can, you know, if they, if they're in the unfortunate position where they have a lease or something like that, they can renegotiate that lease at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Gives them a lot of leeway, a lot of different angles to, to manage what they're handling and what they're going through at this point in time. Because ultimately, you know, the economy is going to eventually reopen. It will. Yeah. And I don't think landlords, when you look at landlords and you look at tenants uh, and you look at people going through that process, chances are the landlords, you know, they're going to want to work out a deal with the tenants. Because yes. if they get rid of a tenant, what new tenant's going to come in? Yeah, and that's the thing. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of pointless to get into a big battle, a big expensive battle with the tenant when really what you need is to renegotiate with that tenant and work exactly. amicably with them. 
I yep. mean, say we'll say you do win. Okay, great. The tenant moves out. You still got to fill that space with someone, and the economy's yeah. not booming all of a sudden. So now it's going to sit for who knows how long. Exactly. And what's that new tenant going to? What's that new tenant going to want when they move into that space? Yeah, exactly. They're going to probably pay a lot less than they were. Yeah, they're gonna, they know it's been it's, sitting. Yeah, and they're going to want tenant improvements. They're yeah. going to want all sorts of stuff that they're going to want the landlord to pay for, because that's that's how business runs for for lease for commercial lease space. They so, want tenant improvements and they want to fix the place up. You know, it's smart for them to work with people they have. I mean, I think it's win win. Sure. It's when you keep those guys, you know, going and and keep their business running and help them out too, and you get to keep tenant that's been there for a long time and, and been good to you. Yeah. So. And that's the thing in this economy too. I mean, the people that do good coming out of this economy are going to be the people that did the right thing. Yeah. I agree. You're going to be under a magnifying glass when this is all done. And if you were doing oh, yeah. shady stuff, our, our society is not cool with people doing no. shady stuff anymore. We're over it. Yeah. So. I'm over it. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> right. I'm glad to see, you know, I, and then that's one thing I can say. I, I've seen a lot of good um, stories, yeah. a lot of good, hearted actions and, and people taking care of people right now. Definitely. Um, and there's always people going to be taking advantage of the situation, but for, by far, you know, I'm, I'm seeing people come together right now more than they ever have before, which is good. Definitely. That's another thing. If do you know any businesses or if anybody, any businesses reach out to me, I do free policy analysis. So oh, wow. I'll, I'll actually look over their policy and if, if once I get done with that, I'll give them an idea of what things they got to look out for, what things are coming up. And if they want to proceed with me, they can. And if they don't, they don't need to. It's their choice. So Awesome, man. Well, we're going to wrap up. But before we go, what uh, one final kind of uh, out there question is, what, what would you, uh, what would your best piece of advice be for a business owner right now that has to, to has to deal with these claims? What, what would you say? Number one, Get a copy of your policy. Mm-hmm. Number so there's a couple. I'm just going to go over them real briefly. Number yeah. one, talk to your agent, talk to your broker, get a copy of your policy. Number two, review that policy with an attorney. Have an attorney look it over so you know where you stand in relationship to your claim. Number three, don't even dare resuming operations. And I say this with as much, you know, as much caution as I possibly can don't resume operations until you've decontaminated your property. Because if you get somebody sick, you're going to be dealing with a huge liability claim for one. And you don't want your employees getting sick. You yourself as a business owner don't want to get sick. So just that's the whole reason why the government shut everything down was because they were concerned COVID was everywhere and people going into public spaces would get sick. So decontaminate those spaces, make sure that they're safe. Thank you, buddy. How yeah. can uh, how can people find you, man? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? The best way to get a hold of me is you know go to my website. It's thelaweagles dot uh, com. So t h e law l a w eagles dot com. That's the website. I have a number uh, a one eight hundred number on the website. I think it's eight three three. Let me look real quick. Yeah, I'll tell you. Just take me one second. It's funny. I got to go to my website to find out my number. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 833 eagle 99 and that's the number is actually 833-324-5399 uh locally in san diego we have you know my my business number is 858 
If you go to the website, I have free case consultation right on the front page. Nice. You can click on it. It says a veteran-owned business, and right below that in the middle of the page, it says free case consultation. Just click there. That'll take you right to a page where you can fill out the info, get it to me, and then I can take it from there. Great, man. Well, thank you for being on the show. A, a huge resource for business owners as they move forward. You know, it's a difficult time, and, and you know, having guys like you out there just makes it a little bit easier for people. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing what you guys do and, and, and you know, kind of giving us some insight on these business insurance clients because it's, it's a mess. <laughs> so we, people sure like, we need you guys a lot. So. Uh, and then <laughs> well, we'll have you back on the show, man, after the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'd love to come back on the show and talk about other claims Yeah, because, you know, this is just dealing with this pandemic. When you're dealing with fires and floods in, in businesses, all the stuff I talked about, it's all the same problems with those. So yeah. you're dealing with, in addition to the problems that we're talking about here, now you have different exclusions for water and for fires. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of helpful things I could probably talk to say that, you know, businesses, you know, could you be, be, be very useful for businesses, especially restaurants when they have losses. Yeah, I can't wait, man. We have a lot of that, believe it or not. Cars <laughs> run through sea stores and I remember and you name it, man. So you guys do a ton of that stuff. So we yeah. do a ton of that kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Sean, for having me. Really appreciate it. 